Yes, people, good evening and welcome back to Football's 12th Man Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Dan Potts, and we're going to talk a little bit about Arsenal Football Club and Leicester City Football Club tonight. And in particular, as the thumbnail says and the title says, Yuri Tielemans. What is going on with Yuri Tielemans? Who better to bring on than Leicester City fan, Ash? Ash, how are you, my bro? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. I hope you're all good. Mate, I'm all good, man, and it's a pleasure to have you on, man. I always like talking to you about football in general, but of course there's nobody better to talk about than yourself, and that's Leicester City as a fan of Leicester City. I just wanted to bring you on because I know you and I talk offline and we spoke a little bit about this Yuri Tielemans deal, and you kind of think that he's going, but we're still not quite sure what is happening as far as Arsenal are concerned. There was huge, huge links with him not that long ago, and we are... I believe still in for him, but there's a lot of reports now saying that interest has cooled off from Yuri Tielemans. Now, I don't know if there's anything you've heard about it, and I'll ask your opinion in a minute, but from what we're being told, it's cooled interest and Leicester are trying to get a one-year extension for him. Now, I'm not so sure that that makes sense for either party, if I'm honest, but I wanted to get your opinions on the player a little bit, in a, in a, uh, first of all, and then we can talk about where you see his future. So if Arsenal were to look at Yuri Tielemans, Ash, what sort of a player are they getting? They're getting a pinpoint passer. It's absolutely amazing on the ball. You know, he'd, he'd find them forward players, no problem. Um, he's He's got a great work rate, very passionate. He's always been very passionate for Leicester, even, even towards the end of last season when there was the speculation. He was still grabbing the badge when he'd score or if the ball was going out of play and he'd made a great challenge. Just a very, very dedicated player. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be a bit of Leicester fan because he's probably on the way out and say bad things about him. I think he's a fantastic footballer and it'd be exciting for Arsenal if they were to pursue him and get him in. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Always have been, mate. And I wanted to get your opinions on something because... I watched a lot of Leicester last season, man. I'm not going to lie. Not in terms of like 90 minutes football, but I looked at a lot of their highlights. I looked at two players in particular, one of them being Yuri Tillemans, the other one being James Madison. And the reason I looked at James Madison was because he was a player that I wanted um, ahead of Martin Erdegaard. A lot of people said that I was in the mud and I've been proved wrong that, Madis uh, that Erdegaard's better. But I think when Madison bangs in 16 goals and gets 12 assists, I, I beg to differ. But the other player I looked at is Tillemans. And the reason I looked at him was because I thought... How good is he going forward? And do you know what I was surprised about, Ash? He's absolutely brilliant defensively as well. His defensive work off the ball is a lot better than people give it credit for. And we've got um, a comment here from Craig saying that Tienemans is good on the ball, not so good off the ball. I kind of beg to differ with that because I've seen him a couple of times um, make some mistakes. I think that's like every footballer does. But I, I was really impressed with him defensively and off the ball. He looks quite an intelligent player. So what can you tell to me about his attributes in terms of a formation type style midfielder? Do you think he's better going forward? Is he more of a box to box? Can he play as an eight, as a six? Like, What is it with Tielemans that we could be getting? I think he can do both. Um, obviously, last season, he was having to play a lot more of a defensive midfield role for us because Ndidi was out. And obviously, we had players like Jewsby Hall and Madison that were crew being the creative players for us last season. Um, but the season before in the FA Cup winning season, we've seen a lot of him play more attacking, feeding them balls through and, and being the more attacking midfielder. So I, I think he can do both. Um, I slightly agree with the comment that's been put in. Um, he, he's excellent on the ball, probably 
his work rate sometimes off the ball can be a little bit, you know, it can be a little bit lethargic. But I, I still don't think it's a problem. And I think he'd do a great job in either position if he did get to Arsenal. Um, like he does at Leicester City. We're very happy with Tielemans. A lot of fans have got on his back because they know he's probably leaving. But me personally, I, I, I enjoy watching Tielemans play football in either the attacking midfield role or the defensive midfield role. Yeah, and I think it's a position that would be a huge upgrade on Granite Xhaka. And Granite Xhaka is one that divides the Arsenal fan base, Ash, because there's a lot of people that like what he does on the ball. There's a lot of people like me that just think we need a huge upgrade now and that six years has been enough. The lack of discipline, the red cards, the mistakes that leads to goal and the errors that lead to goal for me, we can't be dealing with that if we want to move forward. And I think Tielemans, excuse me, although off the ball, like people have said, it can make some mistakes. And I even admit that I've seen some mistakes from Tielemans. He is still young. But I actually see a lot of positives from him and I think it would be a huge upgrade. But Ash, if we're going to try and go for him, what sort of price is it going to cost Arsenal Football Club, do you think, for Tielemans to come to Arsenal? I've seen anything. I've seen it rumoured from as low as 25 mil up to near the 40 region. Um, And I do just think because of how long's left on his contract, it's not going to be a price that Leicester City are probably going to be happy with. Um, But Arsenal are going to be laughing all the way to the bank, even if they got him for 40 million, if, if it was the higher end of what's being speculated, I think that it's a great signing. And I agree with you, Dan. I do think it's an upgrade on Xhaka. That's, that's not me disrespecting Xhaka, but like you said, I, I think his disciplinary record's not good enough. And, and that's something that Tielemans has not got a problem with. Um, and, you know, he's, he's an excellent international player for Belgium. Um, he scored an FA Cup winning goal for us. He's, he's just got a bit of everything. I think Tielemans is, is is a great player. And the price, if you got him for £40 million, I don't think Arsenal could complain. If you got him for 25 as a Leicester fan, I'd be bitterly disappointed in the business. But also, I don't think a one-year contract would benefit any of the teams, Leicester City, because he could just walk next season for nothing. And Arsenal, because, you know, if he does do that and sign for an extra year, I think there'll be more clubs interested then and it'll be kind of, Tielemans taking his pick. Yeah, it's kind of a strange situation Leicester find themselves in. And trust me, we know all too well as Arsenal fans about what happens when you let players' contracts run down because they can hold you for ransom now. You know, these players really do. They sit there and they say, I've got absolute mercenaries, aren't they? I've got no loyalty to Leicester City as a, as a you know, Belgium international and a player that's played pretty much everywhere now. And I can go to Leicester and say, I'm going to walk for nothing unless you sell me for however much you think it is. But I wanted to ask you finally... What sort of price tag do you think would be realistic, taking your Leicester City hat off, yeah. for a player one year left in their contract? With Simba Suma go to Spurs for twenty-five million because he's got one year left on his contract. Albeit there's some personal stuff happening outside of football, we believe with Basuma and Tielemans hasn't got that. But realistically, after that deal going through to Tottenham, do you think it's a similar price tag would be fair, or do you think that he would probably cost a little bit more because he's a bit more all-round than Basuma? What's your thoughts, mate? Yeah, if, like you say, if I took my Leicester City hat off, if he went for anything between 30 to 35 million for a player that's got one year left on his contract, I think that would be completely fair. I think that price point would be reasonable. I think Leicester couldn't complain too much for a player that did want to um, take on a new challenge. And obviously, Arsenal are offering that this season. They've, they've got European football, something that Leicester City haven't next season. Mm. And I think realistically, they'll probably give a better go at the um, Europa League than Leicester City ever would. Fair play, man. Fair play. Um, 
Listen, let's talk a little bit about Tiedemann's fitness and Tiedemann's on the pitch because one thing I noticed and one thing Grizz mentioned the other day, I was with uh, Grizz's, on Grizz's channel, um, Liverpool fan Grizz Khan, talking about some of the potential transfer rumours and Tiedemann's did come up and he said, listen, I think it would be a great signing. I really like him as a footballer, he said, but one thing I noticed as well watching him and one thing you may have noticed, around about 65 to 75 million the legs start to go a little bit tired. And I wondered if you'd noticed that or if that was a bit harsh to see that as a, as, as a, as some analysis of Tielemans. And also, is that because of Leicester City's style of play or is it just that Tielemans is a complete workhorse and he don't stop running? A bit of both. Um, Rogers always likes Leicester to have quite a high press, um, pressure the players on the ball. Um, I, I think that that can suit Tielemans. Uh, like you say, up until about 75 minutes, and you do notice sometimes Rodgers does pull him off if he does notice him being a bit leggy, uh, which he did look towards the towards the end of last season. He was looking very leggy, but I don't know whether that was just pure fitness or or whether it, you know you never know what's going on with agents and everything like that. And behind the scenes, you don't know if that was sheer just effort and the fact he knows he was probably going elsewhere. Um, but the last 10, 15 minutes, he, he can can look a bit slow sometimes, but. To be honest, I think Arsenal have got enough depth to bring a player on for that last 15 minutes. It, if, if Leicester were to, to sell him to you guys, he'd, I think he'd get in the first team and do a great job. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And I, The two players I wanted in midfield this summer was Tielemans and Basuma, And unfortunately, Basuma has gone down the road to our horrendous rivals um, and <laughs> North London rivals but I think he'll do a great job there it has to be said I was a big fan of Basuma um, but Tielemans for me the reason I wanted him was because I believe that he's the right side of 20 he's got the experience but he's not going to have like you know no legs left I also believe as a Belgium international he's got the experience there as well and I think we're ready for that that step now Arsenal got enough youngsters I think we need some experience and Premier League experience at that as well. I don't think it's just about, ah, oh, he's 30, so he's going to be experienced. Actually, Tiedemann is a very experienced footballer, but also he's Premier League proven. And I do believe that he'd walk into quite a lot of top six clubs. I do believe that Leicester City have got a few players like that, if I'm honest with you. And they're a team that I've always looked at as if your first team is fit, you're going to do well. And I think you proved that towards the back end of last season where you actually finished above the likes of Wolves who were tipped to at one stage get into Europe. So I think when you look at what Leicester have got in their first 11, it's good enough. But with eight or nine injuries that you had last season, I thought it was a little bit harsh that people were calling for Brendan Rodgers' head and saying that Leicester have finished and they're just out of it. Because when their players come back, I thought they were exceptional. But just lastly on Tielemans, if you were to lose him, do you think that that would be a huge blow to the football club in terms of a huge gap in your first eleven. Is he that vitally important to you or do you think that you could replace him um, next season? I think they just mix the three players up that, that are there. Um, Ndidi is almost going to be like a new signing, I, I think, because he's been out for a long time. So Ndidi will come and slot back in. Um, Dewsbury Hall has been getting a lot more football. Um, Madison. Um, so I, I, I don't think that we'd need to go out in the market for that position. I think it's a, if Tielemans went, we probably would focus on other areas of the pitch. We're desperate for wingers. That's that's known. Obviously, Luckman's gone back to his parent club now and he put a shift in for Leicester City. So maybe even bringing him back permanently would be good for us. But to, to be honest with you, uh, I just think we probably wouldn't replace that, that area of the pitch because we have got a lot of centre midfielders. We've got Samare, Dewsbury Hall, Madison... 
um, Mendy, you know, Ndidi, I don't think we'd go out and buy in that position. No, I think you. I think that's fair enough, and I think you're right. Indeed, he's a player I've always, I've always liked, and unfortunately, he's had some injury problems of late. And if he does come back fit, I think he'll be fine. Madison, I think he's outstanding talent. I think he'll go on to do great things. And I'm a huge fan of this Jewsby Hall man. I've not heard of him until last season, and he's come in and done a really good job. So I think you're, you'll be, you're right there. And we'll come back to that in a minute. I think just lastly with Tielemans, Ash, um, if you're an Arsenal fan right now. Are you wanting to get the Tiedemann's deal done? So you've got you've had the advantage of all of us lot. You've watched him for the best part of two seasons now, week in, week out. I know you go to the games as well, Ash. Would yeah. you be really excited if you were an Arsenal fan about to sign Tiedemann's? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you're getting a, a quality player. Um, he's won silverware in, in a club in England. Um, he's an international player. He's, he's like say, and we touched on earlier, he's great on the ball. And I personally think he is an upgrade on Jacker, So I'd be very excited. Yeah, no, fair play, man. Listen, I love the honesty as well. Let's talk a little bit about Leicester. We'll come back to Arsenal in a minute because I always like to get opposing fans' views on our club and where you think we're going. But let's talk a little bit about your rumours because I know Tielemans is one that's coming out. There's rumours all the time that Soyuncu might be leaving and that Madison is one that everybody's looking at. But whether that's true for those both to be leaving or not is yet to be seen. But I want to start off by talking about outgoings and then we'll come into what Leicester might need to strengthen. So what are the rumours you've heard about some of the players leaving? Obviously, Tillemans is the obvious one, but who else is looking to be out the door, mate? Um, like you say, Soyeon Chu, I think, is almost a certain that we'll be leaving uh, by what we're hearing around the club and just the transfer rumours. Um, Chowdhury, I think, will be going out. I think he, he was rumoured to be going to West Brom. It might be alone, it might be permanently. Um he will definitely be going out. Um, obviously, Luckman's got back, gone back to his parent club. I even heard rumours of like Schmeichel saying that he he wanted to go, but then then he tweeted like looking forward to next season. So that must have just been pure speculation. Um, Samare, the centre midfielder that we brought in, I think they might be looking to put him out on loan for a season. Um, it, apparently, he didn't settle too way to the settled too good to the English style of play and he had some personal problems going on last year so I think they might be getting him out just to get him a bit of football um, I think they're, they're going to be your main outgoings um, I'd be devastated if we lost Madison because I think to be honest with how we played the back end of last season I think we need to build our team around him no, listen, he's my favourite player for Leicester, without a doubt. Mm. I think the guy is exceptional. I don't just think he's great all round. I think he's actually really good mentality-wise as well. The way he comes across in interviews, I mean, it's not really a compliment saying he should be a pundit because a footballer <laughs> is definitely better than a pundit. But you get my point, is is a compliment to him because I just think he comes across so well. It looks to me that he should... I mean, I've got to say this to you, Ash, as well. Let's talk about this. Why is he not in the England squad? Like, What more does he have to do to get ahead of the likes of the Mason Mounts of this world, the James Ward-Prowse of this world. I really don't understand why this guy's not in the England side more because, for me, he epitomises everything that England need in terms of a creative midfielder. And I think, like I just said, he can do a little bit of everything. He can take set pieces. He's great on the ball. He can see a pass. He's got the work rate. I think the mentality is right. I don't really know what more this guy can do, mate, to get a nod by Scarif Southgate, man. I know. He's, he's doing everything right. And... um. 
well, the, the recent string of international games uh, shows me that Southgate's probably making some wrong decisions everywhere at the minute. I know they're glorified friendlies in, in this um, the tournament that they've just been playing in England. But if you want my honest opinion, I think what he's got to do to get in an England shirt is either be wearing a Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea or Tottenham jersey or Liverpool. That's the truth. I think I think Southgate does look at players from these bigger teams and and does prioritise the bigger teams. That's just my personal opinion. So I know he's brought I know he's brought some lads in from smaller clubs. Obviously, we had Justin there, but in that position, I, I do certainly think he looks at the bigger clubs. Yeah, it seems certainly seems that way. I mean, you you know, there's there's no evidence to suggest that's true. But actually, when you look at it. I don't really see how people can't say that isn't because I look at everybody in that position and it does look like you have to play for one of the top four clubs, let alone one of the top six <laughs> clubs. It's crazy. It really is, man. Um, Madison, I don't think will go this year. And if he does go, I think it's going to cost people a lot of money. I, I, I don't know how much you, you, you'd sell him for, but you've got to be looking at at least starting at 60 and then going upwards, I imagine. Ash, is that is that fair to say? Absolutely fair. Yeah, you'd be looking 60 upwards. Um and if he does go next season, not this season, I'd be devastated to see him go to a team where he'll be sat on the bench. I'd, I'd, I'd like him to get in one of the bigger teams where he'd get game time, for sure. Yeah, no fair play, and I think that's fair too. Um, I've got to bring this question in from Lynn. Lynn's a regular listener. I'll pick up to you, Lynn. So there's, a bit, there's been rumours that Brendan Rodgers could be on the move, as Ash heard of this. Is that true, mate? Um, I know that... I don't know if this is just rumour, but apparently that there was some talks last season that it had a bit of problems with like the medical staff and everything like that, which may have been true because we have just recently appointed a new doctor at the club. So I don't know if he's right. got his own way. I think he's got his own way with like the backroom staff and everything. Um, so I do think he'll still be there. But the only thing that worries me is how silent we've been on the transfer front ourselves, which is normally unnerving. And I'm guessing Rogers would be demanding some kind of Kitty this summer to be able to compete with teams even around us like West Ham, Wolves. You know, we've got to be realistic. That's what they're, they're the teams that we've got to be looking at. We can't we can't be chasing teams like Tottenham, Arsenal, Man City, and Liverpool yet. Um, slowly build. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think that's a realistic way to look at it, mate. Um, you mentioned outgoings there. I want to talk about Soyuncu and Samare because they're two players that actually Arsenal were linked with not too long ago. Soyuncu was the same side that you went that he went to Leicester. We were trying to get him on loan and he was a player that everybody was saying that Unai Emery was going to sign, but he ended up going to yourselves. Why has it not quite worked out for him this season? Because I thought he started quite well at Leicester, if I'm honest. He did. Uh, the first couple of seasons, he was absolutely on fire. I loved watching Soyuncu, but then... Last season, it was like, you know, when you watch Space Jam and they just have all the life sucked out of them. It was, it was like watching a player that had, had that happen to him. Um, and he's just mistakes, simple mistakes, set pieces, absolutely shocking by him last season. Um, again, he just didn't look interested. He, he was one of the couple of players that you could point out on the pitch and say he just didn't look interested, didn't look like he wanted to be there any longer. So I don't know whether the outgoing is more from Soyuncu's side, the fact that he wants to go. And obviously, Rogers has seen he's not putting maximum effort in anymore and he's he's probably thinking to move him on because of that. Yeah, fair but play, have, man. And go on, Ash. Go on, Ash. But we've got to be very careful because at Leicester, we're not rich in that position, to be honest, at centre-back. 
Fafana's obviously head and shoulders our best centre back, mm, followed by quite. Evans. Um, but Evans is getting on. He's still putting a shift in, but he's getting on. And then who who we got after that? You know, Suyuncu, um, Vestergaard. I'm I'm not even going to talk about that guy. That that signing's been ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, fair play, man. Um, and Samari, look, I like his attributes. I like some of what he can do. And I looked at him as a player that I was quite jealous of, believe it or not, when you signed him, because I thought that was everything that Arsenal need and lacked, which was a little bit, and this was before we signed Party, by the way. I think it was the same time that you'd signed him and we'd signed Party, and I thought, oh, OK, I can relax now. But at the time, I remember thinking, that's not a bad punt, you know, because he was doing well over in France, and I thought that he was everything we needed in terms of a box-to-box that could have some stature and some physical presence about him. So what's happened with him, mate? Yeah, I, like I say, I, th- I think there was strong rumours going around the club that he had some personal issues going on. Um, I'm not too sure okay. if he had a, a family member that was unwell. Um and obviously, with it being his first year in England as well, I don't think he he settled too well because of that. I watched him at the um, when when we were at the Charity Shield. Is the performance I'm going to point out when he played, and I thought he held the ball brilliantly. You know, he was a big, strong presence in the middle there, and I was I was so like looking forward to the season with him on the pitch, and then obviously this has happened, and it just didn't it just didn't happen for him really, and then. Rogers obviously favoured other players because he could see what was going on. Um, but hopefully, news if he does stay this season and doesn't go out on loan, he could be like a new signing if he's if his head's together and he gets on that pitch a little bit more, which there might be chance if if, if Tielemans is going because NDB can't do it all himself. Yeah, no, fair play, man. You have got some options there, to be honest. Uh, going to take a pause to say, please smash the like button, people. It really does help. And subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, thank you for watching, Rich. And as he says, please hit the likes, people. Um, Ash, we've got a bit of a question here from Interstellar. We welcome all opinions on this show, and we welcome Tottenham fans as well. He says, as a supporter of Dan's horrendous rivals, I hope Leicester City take Arsenal's top six place next season. Uh, but he's asked, Ash... How is Brendan Rodgers' credit these days among your fellow fans? What do the fans think of Brendan at the moment, mate, and the job he's doing? I think towards the end of the season, um, a lot of fans had to eat eat a bit of humble pie and realise that it was to do with the injuries that we had at the club. We we had a substantial amount of injuries, and to even be floating around mid-table with a skeleton squad that we had, I thought, in my opinion, I think he's doing an excellent job at Leicester City. Sometimes fans are getting a bit frustrated that some some of the play can be sidewards and not not so attacking. But unfortunately, when when your number nine's out for a lot of the season, you've got to find a different way to get up that pitch. And I think Rogers was just trying everything with the players he had. But the general consensus is that that's all calmed down now. We're looking forward to next season. Hope hopefully bring one or two new faces in. Don't lose too many and. Just not be unrealistic. I don't think it'll be an overhaul like what was rumoured in the papers here only three, four months ago. I can't see that happening. It would have happened by now, at least some of it. But yeah, a lot of people still like Rogers. I certainly do. I support him. Yeah, I think he's done a great job. And I actually believe you're a very, very well-run club, top to bottom. And it's actually quite... Quite horrible to see because I'm envious of it, really, because I just don't think we are. Um, I will say, though, I think what Leicester need probably is is... 
a spine other than Casper, if I'm honest. Um, a centre-back, maybe a defence centre midfielder runner, and a, uh, a winger and a, a striker, because Jamie Vardy's not getting any younger. Uh, Iniacho, I think, is a good player, but I don't think he's going to take you to the next level. So I think that's probably what the positions you should be looking at. Is that fair to fair analysis, Ash? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think once Dakar gets a little bit more physical, I think we'll see a lot more of him as well. Because he was mm. finding the net in the Europa League for fun. Like he, he just seemed like a different player when he was playing on these European nights. Um, but in the league, when they were bringing him on, he, he, he still scored, but he just didn't have that physical threat like Vardy. And ultimately, I think he was meant to be the replacement that they were going to edge in um, Dakar. But I agree. I do still think that we need to bring a striker in that is going to be off the shoulder and um, has a has a presence like Vardy. I don't think we're going to get anything like Vardy's just a, you know is a super superhero in every Leicester fan's eyes. So to replace him, I think we'll struggle. Um, a winger, yep, absolutely agree. We do need a winger. Could do probably with two wingers, so we've got a bit of option. Um, obviously, we've lost Luckman now, and I thought he'd done a fantastic job when he was on loan with us last season. Um, so we definitely need a winger or two. Um, yeah, and, and like you say, probably a bit of spine. We need a character that's going to come in and be a strong character because during them hard times last season, sometimes they were just, you could see it, they were looking at each other on the pitch when Vardy went on and it was kind of who's going to take lead. And like you say, when it's only Casper doing it, he's, he's at the end of the pitch. He, he, can't, he can't control that whole pitch <laughs> from where he's standing. I agree. No, fair play, man. I'm totally with you. And I want to move on to Arsenal because I always like to get opinions from other fans. And you know my thoughts on the club and my thoughts on the ownership and the manager. And I just don't like what we're seeing. However, we're hearing a lot of rumours today that there's a lot of heavy links with players that are probably going to cost us quite a bit of money. Um, Gabriel Jesus is a rumour that's doing the rounds, as is Tielemans, as we've already spoken about at the start of this show. Rafinha, I'm hearing today from Leeds. We've submitted a bit of £50 million. Um, he would be a good signing, I believe, personally. He's done really well at Leeds. And there's also rumours of Lissandro Martinez, a left centre-back from Ajax, who can also play at left-back. Um, we heard the news drop, what, two or three days ago now, that Fabio Vieira from Porto is looking likely to come to Arsenal for 35 to £40 million. Pounds. This is a lot of money we're splashing here, apparently, Ash. So what's your thoughts on these transfer window rumours to start with? And then I'll get your thoughts on Mikel Arteta and the ownership. Yeah, so to be honest, the, the names you're being linked with, uh, the one good thing is it sounds like... that there is going to be some experience coming in. Like you said earlier, Dan, it, the young players, you've got a lot of young players. And I think they've done an outstanding job last season, them young lads in the Arsenal shirt. Um, but if you do get that bit of experience in this season, like a Jesus up top, you know, I, th I think if he's getting fed balls, he's going to be unreal. Um, Tielemans, again, just hold that middle up. Um, you, you mentioned a left back as well, didn't you? But, that, that you Martinez, said, yeah. Back. yeah, Martinez that could be coming in. So uh, it's looking positive, you know, if, uh, if they're willing to spend the money like, like the big clubs are, why not? Why can't Arsenal push on next season? Um, and I, I think, you know, give Arteta the chance. It, get these players in, give Arteta the chance and see what he can do. Um, I know it's a, a very split, split fan base on Arteta still, um, but... If, if he's bringing all them players in and he gets them playing well and, and pairing, and he managed to do a pretty good job with a team full of youngsters. So I, I, I could only think if he gets some experience in as well, he could do a good job. 
Mate, that's very fair of you, man. I'm very kind of you. Um, I've not been as kind. I don't think that there. <laughs> this is the process that we want to be seeing. I, I, I grew up Ash winning, and I want to win now, yeah. and I want to win in five or six years' time. Do you know what I mean? So maybe people could say I'm spoiled and I'm a bit selfish, but actually, I just didn't think this process was going to work because it's going to take too, too long. But actually, you're right in terms of the players we're linked with, at least. The likes of Gabriel, the likes of Tielemans, they're actually quite experienced. And the good thing about Rafinha, although he's young, he's Premier League proven. He's banging them in for leads and playing very, very well. And in my opinion, was probably their best standout player. Um, I don't mind those type of signings because they don't need time to bed in because they're already playing against this opposition. They're already playing in this league. The ones that are potentially risky are the likes of Martinez and, of course, Fabio Vieira because they're coming from a different league and I believe they're quite young. Um, there is rumours today that Manchester United are trying to step up for uh, Lissandro Martinez, so watch this space. And of course, Fabio Vieira is a player that Tottenham and Liverpool have linked in the past. So none of these players are over the line yet until the yellow bar comes up and they're holding the shirt. We won't get too excited, but it certainly looks as if they are some players that are heavily linked with Arsenal and that Arsenal are going to splash the cash. So let me quickly ask you this to finish up with. The ownership at Arsenal has already been, always been known to spend a lot of money, but it's also been um, kind of put the blame on, so to speak, that we don't always look at the ambition of the club. And my always question mark of this is cronky is this. You spend the money you want, mate. You've spent billions. There's only PSG, Chelsea, Man United and Man City that have spent more money than Arsenal net spend in the last four years. And a lot, a lot of people know that. But why are we not competing at the top like those teams I've just mentioned, albeit Man United aren't, but the other three are? I actually look at what we're doing and thinking we're spending a lot of money and that's not the problem. It's where we're spending it and who we're giving the money to to spend it. And I think that's where my query is. Now, I've got nothing against Stan Kroenke spending money, but I have got um, problems with him giving it to those players, uh, sorry, giving it to those uh, advisory uh, positions to say to Edu, to Vinay, to Richard Garlic, to Arteta, go do what you want. It's up to you. I think there should be more of an understanding of this is the way we want to go to win this league. And it's not by buying kids who are going to be ready in five or six years time. So I think, although I have to be realistic and know that we're not going to leapfrog Man City and Liverpool, I do feel that by spending what will be close to a billion pounds by the time Mikel Arteta has finished his transfer windows or five transfer windows, we should be a lot higher than coming eighth, eighth and fifth. That's my honest opinion. So we might be going the different route. Kroenke doesn't want to go the, the, the Conte or the Simeone let's win now route. He wants to go like he does over in America. I just wanted to get your opinions on Arsenal, the way they run and of course of Mikel Arteta, mate. Yeah, you make a very good point. You make a very good point. It's not like that the Gunners are not spending the money or not spent the money. But like you say, I think the recruitment at times has been has been questionable. You know, um, but but then the, the, there's been signings that have worked. Like every, I remember when you guys signed Ramsdale, everybody was going absolutely crazy about the fee that that they paid for him. And I'm going to be honest, as an outsider fan, I think he's been absolutely superb for Arsenal. <laughs> I love watching yeah, him. Yeah, yes. Especially the, at the King Powell when he came last season. That's safe from that free kick. I've never seen anything like it. Um, Unbelievable. But but on the whole, I completely agree with you. I do think some of the money has been has been spent not very wisely. Um, personal opinion, Pepe, for example. I, I think it was a very high price for a player that's not really done anything outstanding. Um, that's that's just my honest opinion. I, I, I don't really rate Pepe, to be honest. Um, and it could have gone gone on players that maybe could have strengthened at the back when you needed it at that time. Because I think at that time, centre-back was the position that 
even a fan of another team could watch Arsenal and say, they need to get a centre-back in. What's going on? Why are they they brought Pepe in? And (laughs) Yeah, Um, so I do agree. I I do think that maybe some of the transfer decisions from from people up top have probably been a bit questionable. Um, And and yeah, with Arteta, I I do think he'd done a great job last season um, with with the team he had. You know, he missed out by one game. It was a, it, it, obviously it's bitterly disappointing. It's happened to Leicester City two seasons previous to that. The last game of the season, it's happened twice to us, and the, it's a sinking feeling. Thinking, what if? Um, but then I suppose you you just have to sit sit and reflect and look at the average age of your team and how high you finished in the table. And I, I just think that Arteta done a good job with what he had. It, 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 I don't know how much influence he has on the transfers himself. Um, I'm, I'd, I'm guessing if there's that many people involved, probably not a lot. Uh, so I, suppose, I don't know if Arteta's in a job where he's, he's given a group of players and has to get on with it kind of thing. And if that be the case, I think he's done a good job. But if he does have a massive influence on the transfers, then, yeah, you've got a point. I, I, I probably think it could have been done better. Well, let me finish by asking, answering this question, because I think this will give you more, my, my answer to your there question, Ash. And reversing my question, he says that I asked Ash, Dan, how long has Arteta got if the results are mixed and you only finish top six next season? I believe he's got to be sacked, because I believe the next ambition for Arsenal is to get into the Champions League somehow. And whether you get that by finishing in the top four or winning the Europa League, I don't care. But we need to get Champions League football secured to then push on, because we've seen already that we are not attracting the big names, so to speak, that we could do if we had Champions League football and I think what that does is it just gives you that extra little bit now Arsenal still have a pool we have a massive pool to be fair because we're a huge club whether you love or hate what we're doing at the moment whether you think that we're a success at the moment or not we're a huge club and I think you'd probably agree with that Ash that Arsenal are huge when it comes to what we can do under Mikel Arteta I think that when he's had five transfer windows a quarter of a billion one game a week and still can't get Champions League what is the excitement that we're going to do it this year so he has to do it this year he's got no more excuses and like you say Ash he's not just been given a team and say do you know what keep going with you know what you've got you've got you've got to try and get top four with this bunch of lads I don't think it is that because he's actually being backed and he's being backed believe it or not more than Unai Emery because Unai Emery got to a Europa League final with Danny Welbeck Iwobi Mkhitaryan Monreal El Nini Mustafi Socrates Bellerin Leno Czech do you know what I mean? So actually, when you look at what Arteta's got to that team now, it's completely different. So I don't believe, personally, that we can give this guy much more time than get yourself into the Champions League, mate, or thanks very much. I know you've tried your best, but we need to go and get somebody who's a winner and ready now. Because there's no doubt that Mikel Arteta will get better. Whether he's going to be good enough for Arsenal eventually, I don't know. Maybe he is in five, six years' time. But certainly not right now. I've seen enough evidence to know that he's not quite good enough for what Arsenal need right now. Now, a lot of people think Arsenal need a clear out and we need to start again. Yeah, we did. But we've done that now. We've got a clear out. There's not really many of the players at the moment other than perhaps Granite Chaka that I look at and, uh, and think, this guy's been here too long. Everybody else is fairly new. It's his crop of players. They're his signings. So he now needs to do the business. And if he's getting backed again with 150 to 200 million is what we're being told is the war chest. There's not really any more excuses for next season unless we get Champions League, in my opinion. Now, I understand Man City and Liverpool might be uncatchable. But Chelsea, depends what they do in the summer. Man United, depends what they do in the summer. West Ham, and then the likes of Newcastle yourselves and maybe Wolves, if they are going to be competitive next year. We should be looking at saying, 
I'm not really scared of any of those because I don't look at those teams and think, wow, they are just so much better than Arsenal. I just don't. Maybe Tottenham, they could be looked at and said they've got a ridiculous front three. They've got an elite manager and the recruitment's been good so far to give them an upgrade on what they already did, which was achieve top four. I might look at them as dangerous next season to think that they might be the best of the rest in third. And it pains me to say that, but it's true. But everybody else, I think that for, I think that top four position is up for grabs. I really, really do. So I don't know what your thoughts are lastly on that, Ash, in terms of Arsenal's objections, uh, uh, objectives sorry, um, for next season. It's simple. They, they, if they're spending nearly £200 million in the summer, they need to be in the top four. I, I, I don't think there's, there can be any arguments there. Um, I think any fan of, of a team that's got the team you had at the end of last season, got £200 million more to spend, they missed it by two points this season, there's no excuse. In my personal opinion, I, I, don't, think, I don't think Europa League would be good enough after spending £200 million in the summer. No, no way, no way. I, even as a Leicester fan, if we got two hundred million pounds, I'd expect us to be finishing in the top four with the squad we've got. But you know, and that's just, honestly, I, you you can strengthen a lot with two hundred million pounds if it's spent wisely. Fair play, mate. I think you're talking sense. Just lastly, Ash, to big yourself up. A few people in the chat saying Ash talks sense. And then somebody has said, Martin AFC81 says, he agrees because Lynn said you were great for the channel. Agree, Lynn. Does Ash have a channel? I know you don't have a channel, don't have your podcast, but you have got your socials, man. So how can people follow you on social media, mate? Yeah, so I'm um, on Twitter. Uh, I obviously tweet about football a lot all the time. It's uh, at Ash underscore Oceans Apart. Um, Excellent. It, find me on Twitter. I'm always tweeting football and music because they're my passions. But thanks. I really appreciate the feedback and I've really enjoyed being on the show. Mate, we've enjoyed having you, man. And um, you're going to be my Leicester fan for the season. So uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of you, man. Um, and I will look forward to that, mate. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Ash. Big everybody up in the chat, man. Thank you all for watching live and, of course, listening on the audio. Uh, if you do... Uh, me a massive favour then please uh, do two things go and follow Ash on social media on Twitter and Instagram and of course like this video follow Football's uh, 12th Man uh, on socials Instagram and Twitter and if you do want to follow me personally it's at DanArsenal87 please smash a like and subscribe and share we're trying to grow the channel we're trying to grow it we're trying to get people involved ready for next season because we've been doing daily content and a lot more coming from not just Arsenal fans, of course, Premier League fans. So big up yourselves in the chat. Thanks so much for supporting the channel. My thanks to Ash for coming on, and we will see you next time, guys. Take care.